Well, listeners, in case the title of this episode didn't tip you off, this is your warning that today's episode is of a more mature theme and might not be suitable for our younger listeners. Are you unsure how to react when your kids touch their private areas while you're out in public? Would you like to know what the Bible says about masturbation and how we should respond to kids' natural curiosity about their bodies? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode of Ask Ginger. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Another great way to support our ministry is by helping us get the word out to other parents by subscribing to our podcast and leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But. What if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday. Search for The World and Everything in It wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there, Ginger. I'm excited for another episode of Ask Ginger. Before we get started, though, I would like to read a few wonderful reviews that we received. Uh, Brianne says, I love this podcast. It's so encouraging to me as a mom of a three-year-old boy and a baby girl. I love that they have scripture and God in every episode and real mom stories. We also want to give a special thanks to Kayla, who's been faithful supporting the podcast over the past year and a half. And Kayla says this, Thank you for sharing your incredible insight and wisdom. I've grown up in a Christian home, but so much of what you teach sheds light on how to actually train up children rather than just teaching them to behave as I was raised. I am a new mom and also have a home daycare, so your teachings are helpful all around. Well, I am just so grateful for these reviews, listeners, and please do keep those coming. Uh, The reason we ask for you to leave a rating review isn't just to make us feel all good about ourselves, though I will say it is very encouraging. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the main reasons, too, is because it truly does help spread the reach of our podcast uh, so that other parents can find us more easily on their podcast platforms. Okay, so let's start with the topic today, Ginger, that we've gotten quite a few questions about. Um, And the topic is masturbation. And I want to read you two questions that we have recently received on this topic. Leslie in Florida writes this. I'm not sure how to ask this in an appropriate way, so bear with me. But how should we respond when our children discover how their private area feels when touched in a certain way? 
My three-year-old daughter recently realized she can make her private area feel good. I've tried to gently discourage her from doing this, but it's not working, and I'm at a loss on how to explain why to a three-year-old. Our bodies are God's good design, but it's my understanding that this feeling is meant to be explored and expressed in a marriage relationship. How do I explain this in an age-appropriate way to my young child, or should I just let it go? Help. Uh, Before I read the next question, I do want to commend Leslie on sharing what might be an uncomfortable question for her to ask. Mm. But please do know, listeners, that Ginger and I are not shy about these things at all. Uh, So just feel free to ask away. And if you'd rather us not use your name, we're happy to honor that. So just state that in your question. The next one we received on that topic is from Lean. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. (laughs) Lean wrote in on Instagram with a similar question. She said this, Hi, would you consider talking about toddlers touching their private areas? I know some parenting styles say this is developmentally appropriate and even encourage it in private, so there is no shaming. I am convinced the Bible says this is sinful, even if it's developmental and the kids don't know it's sexual. We obviously don't want to shame the child, but how should we address this with them? I'm not even talking about protecting their bodies from others, but the child touching and exploring their own bodies. I know this phase will come and go and could come back later as teenagers. Listeners, these are just two of many questions about kids touching themselves and how parents should address it. And obviously, this is one of those controversial issues, even among Christian leaders. And as with all controversial issues, our goal on this podcast is to take parents to Scripture and encourage them to pray for the Holy Spirit to grant wisdom and guidance. Mm. I've heard some argue that masturbation is a sin based on God's response to Onan in Genesis chapter 38 when he, quote, spilled his seed. But God didn't condemn Onan because he spilled his seed. He condemned him because he was being rebellious. It was Onan's responsibility to provide an heir for his deceased brother, but he refused to do it. So that passage that so many argue is about masturbation is really not. It's more about, well, it is about Onan's rebellion and disobedience to fulfilling a family obligation. Mm. In fact, there is no mention of masturbation in the Bible. So we can't say that masturbation in and of itself is sin. You guys have heard us say a million times on this podcast that sin does not begin with outward behavior. It begins with a heart. So rather than focusing on the outward act of masturbation, let's look at the sin problem of the heart that leads to it. And let's go ahead and say up front that the sin issue can be different and most often is with younger kids versus older kids. And that goes so far as to say even kids who have different abilities. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a huge difference there as well. Oh, yes. I'm glad you said that, Katie. And, you know, obviously, as children mature, they become attracted to the opposite sex and their bodies are awakened to sexual desire. That's God's design, and it's not sinful. It's natural. It's good. It's beautiful. But God-given desires can easily give birth to sin when it becomes more about fleshly gratification than holy fulfillment, the way that God intends. Masturbation for the older child who is sexually aware is most always the result of lust. And unfortunately, in a world that promotes and glorifies sexual immorality, That lust is fueled by inappropriate images at every turn, and all too often pornography. Mm. Gratifying the lust of the flesh is outside the boundaries of God's commands. It is sinful, and it's displeasing to God. 
Enjoying God's good and perfect will for sexual pleasure in marriage is inside the boundaries of his commands, which makes it holy and pleasing to God. God's children are called to live by the spirit, not the flesh, which means living in self-denial, not self-gratification. We're told in Galatians 5, verses 16 and 17, to not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Well, Ginger, this is where some might argue that there is a place for self-gratification. So when we're hungry, we eat. When we're tired, we sleep. Those are all natural needs that we find satisfaction in gratifying. Right. Satisfying those needs within God's boundaries is beneficial to us and pleasing to God. But the Bible is clear that even with eating and sleeping, overindulgence is harmful to us and displeasing to God. Mm -hmm. Overindulging in food is outside of God's boundaries. It leads to the sin of gluttony. Overindulging in sleep is outside of God's boundaries. It leads to the sin of laziness. God has graciously given his children many pleasures to enjoy, including sexual gratification, but they are to be enjoyed within the boundaries God has set. There is also a difference between needs and desires. So I think a better argument for masturbation might be to compare it to an itch. When we have an itch, we desire to scratch it. It feels good when we scratch it. Scratching it itches satisfying and even pleasurable. It brings a sense of self-gratification. So one might ask, how is that any different from self-gratifying our God-given desire for sexual pleasure? Well, scratching an itch is not sexual. In addition to procreation, God created sex and the pleasures that go along with it to be enjoyed between a husband and a wife. 1 Corinthians 6.18 warns, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Fornication of any kind, even self-fornication, does not line up with God's command and design for sex to be a unified expression of marital love. Masturbating is a self-serving indulgence. It's self-stimulating, self-pleasuring, and self-gratifying. Clearly, the common denominator there is self. Mm. It has nothing to do with serving and pleasing a spouse or God. Our bodies are not our own to do with as we please. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20 say, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Something that came to my mind as you were talking about an itch that needs to be scratched is something like a tick that a child might have where the more it goes on, the more there is this compulsive need to perform mm -hmm. that act. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not something they actually have to do, it becomes such a habit that they do build up this physical pain if they don't release through performing the tick, whatever the tick might be. Mm -hmm. um, so in a similar way, I've heard the argument that research shows that boys, even young boys, need that release for health reasons. What are your thoughts on that? Right. And back to the thing that you just said about the tick and the urge to scratch it, that, that can become a bondage. Absolutely. 
And so I think, you know, there's something to say for that as well. And progressive. I mean, it, it requires, especially with sexual sin, it requires more and more and more to satisfy mm-hmm. that itch. It's not like an itch where once you scratch it, it's gone. Right. And, and the temptation or the possibility that they become enslaved to mm-hmm. it and that we don't want our children to be enslaved to anything except the Lord. Right. <laughs> um, so what did you, what were you asking, Katie? Oh, you said about uh, people arguing. Right. About, about the how- need for the sexual release, especially in young young boys. Right, about a physical need for Mm -hmm. that. Um, Well, first of all, I think we can all agree that research, as far as what's good for our health, changes like the wind. But if God's COVID word, taught us anything, it taught us that. Taught us it, exactly. <laughs> but God's word never changes. Mm-hmm. So Christians are wise to put more stock in what God's word says than what trending research says. Mm-hmm. Research studies have often come to very wrong conclusions and steered people down very harmful paths. God's word has never and will never do that. The path of God always leads to wisdom and righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, I also wonder if the pain boys feel from lack of sexual release might be the result of the fall, just as it was mm-hmm. after the fall that women began to suffer the pain of menstrual cramps in childbirth. Now, there's nothing in scripture to back that up about boys, but it stands to reason to me what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? I had never <laughs> thought about it that way. That physical pain such as this might be a result of the fall and not necessarily something we need to encourage them to self-satisfy in order to avoid. But it does make sense to me that medical and mental health professionals would encourage this kind of behavior, mainly because our culture is currently obsessed with comfort and pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I can understand why it would seem cruel or wrong to encourage anything other than that. But as you said, we have to trust the wisdom of God's word above the, quote, wisdom of man in situations like Mm -hmm. this. But Ginger, both of these questions are related to younger children who obviously aren't likely thinking lustful thoughts or struggling with pornography in tandem with the masturbation. So what do you say to parents whose young kids, really young kids, are struggling with issues like this? We're told in Galatians 5, verse 23, that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Masturbation is almost always a sign of a lack of self-control, an addiction to self-gratification that's not triggered by lustful thoughts or pornography is still an addiction to self-gratification. It's living to please the desires of the flesh, which leads God's children away from his will. Second Timothy three warns about being lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Whether children are toddlers or teens, God has called parents to point them to Jesus and encourage them to honor and glorify Him in all they do, whether that's teaching them to put off lust or put on self-control. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and asked for your help, only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you, parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress, 
we have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. So while the Bible does not say that masturbation is sinful in and of itself, we should have conversations with our children in accordance with their age and talk about what the Bible says about taking captive lustful thoughts, living self-controlled lives, and being lovers of God more than lovers of pleasure. Also, we, uh, as, as our second uh, listener wrote in with her question, she talked about not shaming our children. We do not want to shame our children who are struggling with masturbation, but we do want to help them evaluate their motives from a biblical perspective. Since they know that everything they do is to be done for the glory of God, here are some questions uh, for our kids to ponder. Can masturbation be done with no lust in the heart, no immoral thoughts, and no self-gratification of the flesh? Perhaps an even more thought-provoking question that pretty much sums it all up is this. Is masturbation something that can be done for the glory of God? Mm. Romans 14, 23 says that everything that does not come from faith is sin. Any activity, whether masturbation or anything else, that dishonors God and does not bring him glory is sin. And we should not indulge in it. Okay, I'm going to try to be really careful how I say this next part because our family was in a situation where we had a child in our care for a season of time who had suffered some abuse and neglect and as a result found ways to self-soothe that mm-hmm. were terribly awkward for the rest of us in the car. And so we, because uh, it happened most often in the car seat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, approaching things like this, and the child was three years old at the time. So approaching a situation like this is very complicated with a child who has suffered abuse and neglect. Mm-hmm. Um, so parents who are dealing with foster children or, um, you know, through adoption or any type of situation that is outside the norm, please understand that it just requires so much prayer and so much patience. And I think, you know, the the main emphasis here of not shaming the child is so, so important, especially mm-hmm. in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we are in a situation where we can really shine the light of Jesus into their lives and teach them about self-control. And this can be a part of it. We were really encouraged to not address it at all, to ignore it. And I, I go back and forth on whether or not that was wise counsel. I, I think it does require discernment, but ignoring it altogether really didn't help the situation. It, or uh, the child. Uh, right. Or the child or the who's child. become addicted to exactly. that. Exactly. And so, in bondage and enslaved. And right. so, yeah. So there's just got to be so much wisdom, especially when it's outside of the norm, like you're saying, Katie. And right. that is where prayer comes in. We ask God for wisdom. How do I handle this with this particular child that's going to bring you glory, that's going to point this child to you, and all of the things that you talk about in Scripture that's going to bring them good, not harm. Right. But in a normal, I should say, situation, um, I think of this topic in the same way I would think about allowing my children to overindulge in any kind of pleasure. So if we caught 
our toddler eating a dozen donuts, we could pretty easily conclude that their behavior lacks self-control and is by definition sinful. If we're able to eat and drink to glorify God, then we are able to do so in sinful ways as well. So even eating isn't a neutral activity. And I think anybody who struggled with becoming enslaved to their eating can understand that. And I think we all have at some point or another. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but to reiterate your earlier point, Ginger, sexual activity of any kind is in a completely different category than eating or drinking. If we eat one donut, that isn't inherently sinful. Eating a gluttonous amount of donuts is. But even a tiny bit of sexual gratification outside of God's design for it is sinful because it goes against his good purposes for it. Mm, Good point. But again, we don't panic if we see our children engaging in this behavior. We just approach it like we would any other issue of self-control and just continue to point them to the Holy Spirit for help in times of temptation. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Kathleen in Illinois, and she says this. My friend Zoe gave me this idea when our boys were nine months old. If you have a road trip coming up and you have a little one in the crawling stage, you probably want a carpeted and clean place for them to crawl and stretch at rest stops. A gas station won't quite cut it. I just got nauseous thinking about that. Um, she, she suggested stopping at public libraries. They're free and the children's section will have books and toys. Plus it will be carpeted and cleaner than a gas station floor. Oh, smart. That That's is a great, super yeah. smart. Yeah. I love that. Listeners, if you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubber.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Leslie and Lean, thank you so much for your questions. Ginger, can you leave these ladies and all of our listeners with a final word of encouragement? The Bible says that everything we do is to be done for the glory of God. So let's be willing to have conversations with our kids about taking captive lustful thoughts, living self-controlled lives, and being lovers of God more than lovers of pleasure. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. If your church might be interested in hosting Ginger and me for a women's event or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Not sure which resources to get? Well, today we're offering a bundle deal of all of Ginger's resources at a $25 discount. This includes her parenting books, her study guides, the Wise Words for Moms chart, and the CD and digital download of her audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. This is a $95 value for just $70. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get an additional 10% off this already great deal. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently. 
And each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm, uh, these, y'all, uh, <laughs> that was a great intro for me. <laughs> Can you give me one sec? I have to smell some chicken. <laughs> what? What? I have a plate of raw chicken. A plate of raw, oh, to make sure it's, if you have to smell it, I don't think y'all should cook it. If Brian's worried about that yeah. chicken. That smells uh, kind of rank there. Did I that, can smell it from here. Did that come mm. from the box? No. Huh? It's all bad. There, if he needs you to smell it, there I goes cook dinner. It. Yeah, if he can <laughs> smell it, I know it's bad. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. babe. <laughs> it's like when some, it's like when I taste something and it's terrible. And I'm like, here, taste this. It tastes like it's rotten. And nobody wants to taste <laughs> Try it. Try it, everybody. Yeah. It'll be fine. Oh well, there's dinner. Okay. Order pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Now there's nothing in nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing in scripture to back there ain't that up. Now I you folks, scripture danger. I ain't seen it. <laughs> <laughs>